Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Gone Rogue. If you are new to the podcast, thank you for joining in and I hope you get along with everything that we talk about over here. You see what a great time to be alive, right? Where we are getting to witness astonishing semi-finals, let it be UEFA Euros or Copa America. But don't you all forget that when these tournaments get over, the Premier League, the La Liga, the Bundesliga, everything is going to start soon and uh, so no need to cry about the missing action but uh, there's a lot of transfers happening with the ongoing major event and we are going to talk about it as i have a lot of rage filled in me to rant it out so without wasting any moment of the hour let's go so at one side we have italy and england who have been crashing their way in through the semi finals with absolute dominance no doubt since day 1 um uh, playing under the electrifying atmosphere at the Wembley stadium the italian side wasn't the best side on the pitch to be honest because you know they didn't have a lot of ball and didn't press that much but they were comfortable enough to snatch the win from the spain side as chelsea top scorer jorginho sealed sealed the win for them in the penalties to take them ahead and the other finalist england who have been waiting to reach the final of a major tournament since 1996 have done it finally of course there are controversies that people are going to point out at and i will come on that later but hard luck to england and hoping that the beer owners are going to crash out the pizza owners in the final on the other side argentina and brazil have gone through some serious shit to reach the finals with the teams like peru and colombia trying to get under their skin to break each other and every bone of the opponent's player uh six time ballon d'or winner and so called god by few hypocrite fans lionel messi has been the best player of the tournament by a mile ex arsenal and present aston villa goalkeeper emilio martinez you know saved three penalties against colombia with so much confidence as it was a piece of cake for him well i know most of you all have difficulty keeping up with the copa america schedule as it streams very late in the night or early morning and it's kind of impossible you know to get over this mesmerizing euro matches which has almost come to an end so let's get straight into the match reviews and i'll try to put out some logical predictions for the upcoming final so let's go let me ask this normally like did you all to expect spain and italy playing in the final just like million other pundits and football bloggers and some shitty guys from your insta stories told you because to be very blunt i don't even i did not even expect them to you know travel so far in the tournament i know i like i know people might come at me saying that bro you're talking crap just because they don't have the same old mentality like they used to like italy and spain are two of the most gigantic football playing nations in the world and how can you not see that and expect them to play this well like don't worry i got you covered so to review my thoughts let's talk about spain in general right now so the spanish side averaged 25.5 years old in the tournament of this euros by the selected squad luis enrique the ex barcelona treble winning manager was highly spoken of you know when he took the job offer to manage his country after leaving barcelona uh you know since then they have been playing decent style of football which definitely isn't that exciting when you compare them to the squad which you know they had few years back just like every madrid fan and the ones who understand defending and little bit of leadership 
you know, they would agree with me that the exclusion of Sergio fucking Ramos for this Euro 2020 was an absolute fuck-all decision ever made. And I don't even know why would he even do that by saying that Ramos was uh, like Ramos was injured and not fit. So he was arrested for the team, like from the team. And I mean like, bro, just hear yourself out. What are you even saying? You're quoting that he was not fit. And by the looks of Sergio Ramos's Instagram page, I am seeing that guy perform strength and conditioning training and doing cardiovascular exercises since day one of the Euro 2020. Like you need to take a look around you and see that, for example, England, like Maguire had a knee injury, but Southgate still chose him over the other defenders and he is paying it off. Like Maguire's performance since he started is nothing but pure class and uh, talking about the last night game, he was just as good as Ramos in every other game. And when you talk about, you know, playing with courage or with fearless attitude, you really need someone of that type in your group so that the young kids like Pedri or Olmo could learn and make full use of it. I don't see Busquets or Jordi Alba in a leadership role. For, for me, the assistant manager would speak and encourage more from the bench, to be honest, than these two idiots, you know, doing it on the field by just standing over there. The last part is that, you know, what I was waiting for since the time this squad was announced officially, I was waiting when I could see them fail and lash it out all on them because they were really, because they really fucked it up this time. The whole universe will agree with me on this that, when you have a defender who's more attacking than any other defender in the world and has more goals for the country and club than this whole forward lineup that this Spain squad has and is the coolest penalty taker in the entire team, you know, I can agree like Iniesta and Fabregas were the ones, but after them, he's the one. Like, you have to adore such personality and respect his contributions to the team. I have seen number of times, you know, Ramos putting in tackles and clearing the ball on the line and on the fences and scoring such important goals in the last minutes of the match for the club and country. And I can't understand how can you not see that. And that's why when Luis Enrique neglected this fact, he had his karma running back at him where they needed a calm penalty specialist in the shootout and they didn't have anyone. Like, they didn't have anyone as their leaders, you know, Busquets and Alba didn't even take a shot. And that really tells you what kind of you know, what kind of Barca-centric manager he is. Of course, I can go towards the problem where, you know, no Madrid player was picked. Like, I know, I know, Asensio wasn't in form. Carvajal, you know, was injured. Vasquez was injured again with the foul that Busquets only made, you know, in the El Clasico, not to forget that. But what the fuck about Nacho, dude? Like, he had his best centre-back playing seasons and he didn't even consider him in the 26-man squad. Like, bro, after you finish crying... Yeah, for your loss in the semi-finals against Italy, after you finish crying and after you finish uh, appreciating Pedri for his existence in this team, you really need to go and look for a psychiatrist for sure. And then to add more salt on the wound, I would say if Chiellini would have pulled cheeks or boxed cutely on the face and slapped on the chest while making fun during the penalty shootout toss, Ramos would have fucked the shit out of him, man, like, and buried him in the ground if he was standing there instead of that little faggot Alba. And he would have shown him how to score a penalty under pressure in front of the away fans. Like, you really need to talk on this. And after, like, after his season in PSG, I don't know how it will go. But Spain needs to understand that and respect, you know, Sergio Ramos on this. That being said about Spain, 
you know italy also weren't doing that great after the 2014 world cup as everybody knows uh, they failed to qualify for the 2016 euros and then they had a flop show in the nations league with you know mancini trying to build a system with the new incoming players every now and then so it was a very difficult period for the italian team because you know they just did not have to get back and live up to the expectations but to qualify for the euros and at least reach the knockout stage but when i see them now this team has rocked the world to be honest and has overachieved as hell because this team has a proper italian character in them when you just see them uh, from the start of the national anthem it's right over there whether it's playing on the counter or you know scoring screamers cutting it in or or to defend as a fucking huge wall where the opponents don't even have a chance and rather get scared and combine it with the magical yet classic 433 system of you know roberto mancini like it's one hell of a team man like and if if they do live the silverware i guess none of us would be denying that they did deserve it and looking at how they started off you know there was no team that could beat them in the final for sure but let's not get carried away with that and let's just talk about the game Mm, starting with Italy, man, like they were decent on the break, except the Chiesa goal for sure. You know, midfield was struggling to snatch the ball without a foul, and which was clearly visible for us. Verratti, in particular, had a moderate performance as usual, like from when he started, and as he could not dominate the midfield pivot, where he sat a little deep with Jorginho and let Barella attack more often, like how they have planned it to. You know, this was quite a rising question that who would Mancini play now after you know uh, after the knockout stages because Locatelli was a great contender to be used as a tactical box to box midfielder like against Belgium where Verratti had to stay behind De Bruyne to cover his runs and overpower him. It worked well for Mancini and his philosophy. So to play Marco Verratti over Locatelli was quite tactical and and was on point for the Italian side. and then talking about barella again what a player conceded fouls on him in the dangerous positions and went up against busquets so that you know kiesa and imibole could run past the right flank with through passes jorginho you know he could have attempted more direct passes as he does at chelsea but he wasn't able to as pedri and olmo were completely over him in their half in the defensive third fourth uh, defending wise he was a great help to the defense to take the ball out of danger where Ferran Torres tried to cut in and link up with Pedri or Jordi Alba on that matter and talking about defending how can we forget the best defensive duo in this tournament in many people's eyes Bonucci and Chiellini I know a lot of people wouldn't agree with me on this but if you understand football and have watched the match quite closely you must have noticed that they did have a sloppy game and were actually quite rubbish comparing them to the standards that they only have set since the group stage so you know they weren't able to follow up with oya zabal in the first half with almo getting clear shot at the goal which was hectic to watch and then morata in the second half was a nightmare for them as he opened them up and went through them to score a casual but yet such a beautiful goal um, the right wing backs you know florenzi and uh, and on the other wing emerson was brilliant uh, little did we know that you know Spin- uh, spinazzola's presence would be missed that much because he was a vital performer uh, in the team and at the left back role so emerson did well enough you know to defend and attack as much as possible with the help of insigne and verratti on his side of the wing 
the forward line of Insigne, Immobile and Chiesa were threatening in the first 20 minutes and in the first 15 minutes of the second half. But they were looking like helpless attackers, to be honest, because uh, the Spain midfield was quite exceptional. Uh, I don't want to say it, but they were. But they waited and waited to create something out of nothing. And that's the reason why the beautiful goal of Chiesa, the Juventus winger, uh, came through with great vision of counter and the final ball. Like I feel Laporte or Garcia, Eric Garcia could have cleared it or pressed him a little bit more. But never mind, it was written in his destiny and what a goal it was. So the 2008 and 2012 winners, Spain were the best team on the pitch by a lot of distance, clearly, but didn't win. But could have, you know, if they played Morata instead of that fuck all cunt Oya Zabal. I don't know what kind of name is this, but still. Uh, I mean, who the fuck has a name so weird and difficult and no wonder he live up to that name. He was the most annoying strikers that I've ever come across in recent times when like he had such a great chance to convert that header where he was free with no interception uh, thoughts from the defense of the Italian side and he fucking couldn't even touch the ball. I know Morata misses a lot but this guy, <laughs> this guy was another level like if I had to rate his performance out of 10, I would definitely give him a minus 10. And that's the kind of performance he gave and clearly let Italy win that match by not scoring all the sitters that he had in his left foot and his right feet. I hate to say this as a Madrid fan, but, you know, I have to admit it no matter what. Um, Pedri, man, like he is one of a kind. He is a different breed to master this game at 18 years of age. And I know every one of you might think the same. Um, this guy was really bossing Busquets and Koke and showing them with his brilliant runs from the center and with his uh, absolute phenomenal two-touch passing and not to forget that he did not miss any of his passes. Like he successfully played 65 passes without getting any of them into the opponent's legs until the 118th minute which is quite exceptional. But of course if I had to put him in the category of the players with best impact in a single match or in the uh, tournament, I'd still rate him lower than Renato Sanchez, but no disrespect to him because he has a lot of things to prove in his life unless I find him in a Barca t-shirt for sure. <laughs> As we talking about standard performances, I can't keep this player out because Spain's keeper Unai Simon, man, like he was quite sensational. He reminded me of uh, really prime time, you know, Manuel Neuer. He was more than a sweeper keeper yesterday night. Like how often you see a keeper play as a proper footballer at the back and not as a goalkeeper like a very few times you can encounter that and if he wasn't that brave since the start of the match uh, Immobile you know could have got better of him when Bonucci was throwing some pings behind the Spanish defenders and looking at this you know David De Gea you know has to work his ass off in the Premier League and hope Simon has a bad year ahead if he wants to redeem that spot in that goalpost of the Spain's national team. Other than this, you know, the two standout players, Pedri and Simon, uh, whole team was perfect in the place of positions and their positional play but couldn't be as good as them for real. Uh, for me, Eric Garcia's inclusion is still a question in that defence lineup because I seriously hate him because, you know, he just can't play the ball. Uh, even under Pep Guardiola, he has made so many errors, which is a rare sight to see if you are selected in the first 11 under Pep Guardiola. 
like he can defend but he can't play the ball as modern defenders are doing it in every week and every month of their gameplay as peliqueta on the right flank is a brilliant option as a third defender to be honest but not as a full back and i feel when you play him as a wing back he you know tends to play more natural and smooth as he likes to cover more ground with less responsibilities as he does in chelsea and he used to do it for lampard as well but in spain where he he was chosen ahead the olap machine lorenzo he was ought to play more diagonal balls to morata and olmo if uh, the game is switched from the left to right flank it uh, it was to unbalance the opponent's shape he he did quite well not to forget that but i suppose he functions much more better at a club level than the national level and it is quite clear busquets and morata were the other two players which you know created direct impact as soon as they got the ball uh, firstly i know i have started hating morata and it's true and when i see people throwing curses at him i'd love to join them in the motion but this time i won't i really won't because he was like a proper number 9 in that match and a better center forward than the whole italian forward line and he was dropping in between to collect the ball and drive ahead and sometimes i saw him making blind runs which eventually led to the goal which he scored and to be very honest you know this match wasn't supposed to go in the shootout and he wouldn't have missed it because his teammate as i have mentioned before oyar zabal the unfortunate fuck face you know missed a lot of chances and didn't even capitalize on the given open chances that uh, the, the players provided him so i don't think so it's ethical enough you know to blame morata for missing the penalty because it's it it is a destiny's game and you can't blame on one guy just for not placing it uh, placing it in when the other guys could have done it much better than him and now it's time for the best part of the hour mighty england versus heart winning denmark uh, a lot of things have been said a lot of facts have been shared a lot of opinions have been stated by people a lot of petitions have been you know noted to take down var but that's football right like how can you witness a great football match without you know any controversy where half the world is celebrating about the crucial win and half is angry about the ones who are celebrating it like if you haven't realized that that is the beauty of the game because you know different nations supporting different nations and other nations you know standing up for the other ones so it does bring us together no matter what the result is and i don't know what else do you need from this beautiful sport which certainly brings us together in a familiar way or a similar way which we all love about and then you know starting from the goal pickford man jordan pickford i always hated him as a goalkeeper but last year you know what he did to van dyke and even though var you know took a great look at it he didn't even receive a yellow card and i was so sure that i would never like this guy as a goalkeeper ever again and eventually i forgave him but but this tournament for him is a plus point in terms of individuality and personal records added with the team uh, team clean sheets uh, it's been a great ride for him you know in in this two goal posts that he has been saving in uh, harry maguire and john stones you know a better duo than kelini and bonucci in my opinion uh, who were a little shaky last night with the danish forwards you know damsgard and brathwaite uh, trying to pull off some kind of final balls for dolberg and they were a little successful in that manner 
but yet these two pillars were quite strong and you know they tried to win all the duels and went for some of the interceptions on the break also maguire you know who had a great time in the opponent's uh, box you know whenever they got the corners and the free kicks one chance that comes to my mind is that uh, you know backspin header which he hit and he it was traveling slowly in the goal but casper uh, schmeichel man he really lived up to his dad's reputation to be honest walker and shaw the full backs in this game again were quite brilliant and i like them quite bit because uh, while attacking and defending shaw as usual you know had a good game but kyle walker was a different breed you know i guess someone has put a cheat code in a system and i can honestly say this that who the fuck is alfonso davis or ashraf hakimi like i have never seen these two uh, names you know travel back against the def- against the attackers and s- snatch the ball but like what walker did you know he chases down damsgard and dolberg coming from 5 yards out and sprinting like a mad dog which was so beautiful to see how he was recovering the ball for the team and then you know calvin phillips and declan rice again as usual a defensive duo and having a odd game style which is of course sideways passing and backwards passing throughout you know everything that they had with and with very less intentions of driving the ball ahead like a bulldog you know and creating some xg as an attacking midfielder because they were trying to put it off but couldn't manage that well for the team mason mount who was playing as the attacking midfielder you know who also had a decent game but could not you know stop delany or hoiberg from entering their half to recover the ball in my opinion which brings me to the fact that i was a little uh, hesitant after the first 20 minutes itself because it kind of looked bo- boring to me as the match you know took a fall in energy and fast game play as i like to see every other time the only thing i liked was the two main attraction for the for this english team and which is uh, raheem sterling and harry kane who obviously were so brilliant when they linked up with each other and tried to set tap-ins for each other every other time they had the ball in the danish box and that being said you know that is where everything took a role like i'm not going to uh, talk about the first goal cause this one is more important and needs more attention and needs to be out there with a great opinion starting off with you know sterling who got the ball from grealish and you know uh, tried to dribble past inside and we all know that it was an intentional dive uh, made by him and everyone around the world including me will be furious about it and are furious about it but let's hold on for a second and you know think about the fact that when a player is really fouled and you know he has uh, he has been hit by the defender sometimes the referee doesn't even consider this right and after the invention of var like the var how many times have we seen that the ref still doesn't consider watching it on the screen and leaves the matter right there on the field so i can say it confidently that when players like sterling you know make a dive we need to know that they do have it in their mind that even if they fall for real refs aren't going to you know give it the second thought so instead of that why not make it a clear foul by diving so and to be honest this is this is a modern sport and players have found this trick just cause you know the refs decision have been so poor uh, most of the times for sure and when the matter is about reaching the finals i guess any player in the world would do it you know for their nation and doesn't matter if his coach or manager is okay with it or not cuz it is getting the result that they want 
and i am i'm i'm good with it like if you're talking about you know yeah coming from so many years coming from 1966 and you haven't got anything else and you need to go over there and achieve that then this one thing is quite okay for me of course i'm not saying that it's the right thing to do and spoil the nature of the game and do it in a bad faith but what i'm trying to say is england did win and they were really you know supposed to win looking at the shots on target the possession the energy that they had and the passion that they carried uh, throughout the match till it ended for me it was a crystal clear win for england and denmark were tied already after the 70th minute where they had to sub off delaney and christensen out of fatigue but think it through do you feel this danish side would win against italy on the pitch where their wingers and midfielders would stretch them wide apart and how will they cope up with it when they would be tied already just by the half time and if people say it's a final so they will be having motivation thinking about it and they will do well then do just think about it that this was a semi final right this is also an important game if you put your complete focus and concentration you should be there with all the motivation that is driving you through and if you can't play some great brand of football in the semi final then you really don't deserve to be in the final i i know i i really know i might look like a denmark hate over here but trust me i am not i have watched you know all of their matches closely and i have seriously love their players and the team work and with everything that they have gone through to reach till semis it's already a win for them right like no matter if they pick the trophy or not i absolutely love them but the only thing that you know drives me crazy is is in the post that i'm seeing online uh, where you know people are mocking others for cheering it's coming home and that is what is driving me crazy just because of this match i mean what's the problem in it isn't it the most passionate attribute of a human being like just imagine when you see the fans of the clubs in the uk fighting like cats and mice every other day and destroying the infrastructure around them after a match uh, near the stadium these people are coming together in support of one nation and celebrating as never before and i also know this that people will uh, you know still try to continue to bring it bring up the topic of you know sterling and his dive or those two balls in the play while it happened but don't forget he was absolutely great in that match or if you're talking about the people you know who were pointing out lasers at casper schmeichel i know all of this is relevant everything is but you just can't take the win out of you know england you just can't take it away from them because if i was a britisher and if i was in that stadium of wembley right with 67000 other fans screaming and jumping to support my country i wouldn't even care for the fact that something shady is happening you know i'd be just shouting it's coming home it's coming home you know over the power of my lungs and if any indian guy or any pakistani guy or any bangladeshi guy for for an instance was beside me or was cheering the same from his home on social media i would be absolutely loving it like and i am saying all this because you know we all have been dreaming it to be in a stadium like that or to be in an atmosphere like that since years and we are still dreaming of it and i'll just make it very clear like if any cricket fan is listening to this tell me bro when like in when indian fans were throwing bottles and other stuff on the sri lankan team in the 1996 cricket world cup would you be angry and complain about it or just be in that moment where you are realizing that vinod kamli is going to bring it home for us like we are going to go in the finals and i know we never ever went ahead in that match but and we were disqualified but just imagine 
what would have happened if we would have won that match would you ignore the people oh, sorry wouldn't you ignore the people who were quoting that you don't deserve to be in this final and all that shit just because you didn't have the fair play mindset you all were doing this and that on the players because right now all i can think of is that all we would say is just fuck you and move on and we don't care and right now that's the situation over here currently so to conclude all of this i would say that denmark were good they were really good throughout the tournament but and not in this match for sure but england were great in this match and throughout the tournament for sure but on the contrary part you know spain were better and deserved to be in the final but aren't in the final right now so in my opinion the final is also a great watch and we shouldn't let the other thoughts overcome us just because of this and if i had to you know predict uh, the final i would say i feel england will still edge this one in the extra time because uh, because there's no way they will win it in the 90 minutes as bonucci and kelini will make it their life's mission of not letting england score and vice versa with maguire and stones as well and if it goes to penalties i will still fancy it to be england's win again uh, because you know they are playing in their home turf and to be honest those fans are absolutely crazy with the start cheering so it will be a great fall back for italy whenever they have the ball and also whenever they come to take the penalty so it's going to be one hell of a tie and i'm really rooting uh, for england to win this one and it's time to take your leave if you have enjoyed listening to us keep supporting and thank you so very much for joining in and i hope to see you all again in another episode as well Thank you.